I knew that I had the the expertise. I knew that I had, um, well, I had the fear, but it, I had that burning desire to at least try it. Uh, and I, I, I didn't want to be the, I didn't want to be the guy that, that on my deathbed said, I should have, I would have, I could have. I didn't want to go to my grave saying, I never tried it. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Mental Purpose Podcast. I'm excited today because it's a special episode. I know I say that a lot. Today, I'm talking to my dad. And for those of you that have been a fan of the Mental Purpose Podcast, which so many of you have been for the last two years, um, and you've heard episodes with my dad, you'll know that they are chock full of gold because the guy's been in business for 40 years. And he knows stuff and he's failed a ton and he's been very successful and he's failed again and he's been very successful. So today we're going to talk to my dad about fear, taking risks and lessons learned around what? Around quitting. You know, now that we have the quitters club and we've got the mental purpose stuff and all the quitters club stuff that is, is going on, we've got the, our design masterminds, we've got our executive masterminds, we've got our courses, we've got a ton of stuff around quitting. Now that we have that, I thought, Hey, there's a lot of people that reach out and say, I want to start a business or I want to quit my job and I'm afraid, or I don't know how, or what are the first steps or what do I do? Or how do I know I'm going to make it? Or where do I go for cash or whatever? We're going to talk about all of that today. So if you haven't joined our community, please make sure you do. If you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, please, wherever your favorite place is, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, click that subscribe button. And if you don't mind, give us a five-star review and a, uh, or a five-star rating and a review. If you'd be so kind, be awesome. So, um, today here's what we're going to talk about. I don't need to give you an intro on my dad. You know, if I have my dad on, you know, the guy's got some, got some stuff to talk about and he's a, and he's an authority and I trust him. He's my, he's my number one mentor and coach. You know, Meredith is a huge coach and mentor to me just someone I could trust 100% to bounce things off of. My dad was the original, right? He was the original coach and mentor for me. Still is. He was at my house last week, and, um, and I'm running over my entire business plan, my entire business model, my marketing, everything that we're doing with our courses, how we're building. I'm running everything by him because I, I trust his opinion because I know he believes in me, yet he won't bullshit me. He won't blow smoke up my ass and go, yeah, great idea if he thinks it sucks. So I appreciate that. And, and in the episode, we talk about that too. So here are the things we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about starting a business. We're also going to talk about how my dad quit his job that he was making a ton of money on and against all these obstacles decided because he didn't want to live with regret. Here you go. All right, here we go. Now, I know the intro was long. Like what motivates you to leave the security of a paycheck? I know the intro was long. That's what my dad talked about in this you know, two minute intro. I thought it was really important because he really succinctly put that and it gets people thinking like, what's beyond this? What's beyond this paycheck? What is possible? So we're going to talk about building confidence, um, talk about what's possible beyond the limitations that you have imposed on yourself or allowed others to impose on you. We're going to talk about um, how to seek opportunity and what opportunity the market has for you. We're going to talk about maintaining momentum, practicing patience. Um, satisfaction doesn't come from the money and it doesn't, it just doesn't, it's not failure. It's a journey. The power of mentorship and coaching, positive mindset, keeping fear at bay, 
Like you got to believe in yourself, finding your niche, avoiding social fears and pressures, how to get out of the box, um, setting a time frame to work within, having courage and fortitude. Like what actually is holding you back? We're going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk about how to react to things that happen to you in the story you tell. This episode is going to be awesome. It is, you're going to hear my cat in there. You're going to hear doors in there. You're going to hear my dad's alarm on his phone go off. Who cares? Fight through it. Get through it. Because this episode is long. And I promise you, you are going to learn so much from us. So thanks for being here. Really appreciate you listening and supporting us. I hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks. All right, Dad. Welcome back. You know what's crazy? It's been a, it's been a, over a year. I think March of 2021 is when we did the last. We did our last recording was March of 2021, or released, which is crazy. Wow. Yeah. Time does go fast, doesn't it? Well, yeah, uh, it thanks does. for having me back. Of course. It's nice. To I be got back. so much. I got so much fan feedback, fans of yours, people that are like, man, how cool is it that, that you're asking your dad those questions? I want to ask my dad those questions. And I said, all right, well, let's start a podcast and you'll have a forum to like dig in and, and find out the stuff that you wanted to know. So this is going to be good, man. We're going to dig, let's dig deeper this time. Maybe we should have like a dad panel. We could have a dad panel. A yeah. Dad panel we know lots and then, of, and then all, all the, you know, all the kids can ask the dad panel things i don't know it might work <laughs> you know what i'm gonna talk to aaron we're gonna work on that we'll work on that a dad um panel. okay so last time let me just recap the audience for for those we have had a lot of new subscribers to the podcast new people on the on the mental purpose community um and the new quitters club stuff that we're doing so today we're going to talk about starting a business quitting your job and just quitting the general shit that doesn't work for you anymore and the formula to be able to do that. Before we do that, let's recap what we talked about before. We've literally told your life story all the way up till the last one was you and, uh, and me as a four-year-old and mom in a body cast from a, a spinal surgery botched are sitting in the living room and you come home and say, I'm quitting. I quit my job. I'm starting my own business. And then this entrepreneurial journey for the last 40 years basically begins. And, um, and what's interesting about that is so many people ask me as an entrepreneur or ask you, like they, they take it at the surface and go, well, wasn't it scary? What did you do? And they, you can give advice yet. The advice is so surface level. If you don't really understand how to how to like build yourself, how to get into yourself and understand yourself and your fears and your insecurities and that kind of thing. So I want to get deeper into that today. Well, I mean, there's nobody that's, that started a business that, that, uh, can't say it wasn't scary. Sure. Uh, but <clears throat> since I was a kid, um, I used to watch all the all the trucks, the tractor trailers, and uh, that really fascinated me. Uh, the trucks going in and out and being loaded and unloaded, and I wanted to I wanted to get more into it. But things happen, life happens, and uh, you know uh, 
I wasn't able to, uh, really wasn't able from the beginning to get into the shipping business. Uh, but later in life, I, I don't know if I told the story before, or whether it's even relevant. Uh, I was at a school, not working, hair down to my shoulders, believe it or not, I don't have any <laughs> hair now, but uh, a full beard and I had a girlfriend and we won't give a last name. Her name was Julie and her, her father was a uh, pharmacist wholesaler and the mother uh, worked at the uh, privately owned vehicle lot at Dundalk Marine Terminal. So um, <clears throat> I was over at their house with my girlfriend and her mother came in and said, uh, no one is going to date my daughter unless they're working. I'm <laughs> like, okay. She goes, Monday, this is how it all happened. This is how I got into this business. Monday, I have an interview for you. I bought you a suit. You got to shave and get a haircut. I'm like, wow, that's pretty fast. I mean, this was like Saturday. Yeah. Uh, but I did like the girl. So I thought, well, maybe it'd be a good idea if I got a job. I mean, sitting around doing nothing. Uh, I said, okay, well, well, where is that job? And she said, you're going to be working if they hire you for a custom house broker. I'm like, and my background, my college background is, is marketing. So I'm thinking, okay, I got a job and I'm going to be doing marketing for custom houses. <laughs> right. I didn't even yeah. know what a custom house broker was. And she said, yeah, I said, so this is like, uh, like selling custom houses or, or marketing it. And she goes, no, a custom house broker imports. Don't you know what I do? And I'm like, not really. No, no, no. So anyway, I did what she said. That, that's an interesting, that's an interesting take because I think f from what I know of you and myself and natural defiance toward authority is I, I, I imagine, I imagine that the universe kind of like conspired against you and you just felt that energy or something. Cause and I think that's relevant here. There are a lot of people that are ignoring the signs that are in front of them. And they're, they're looking for this miraculous answer. And they're, they're, which, by the way, that's a pretty miraculous answer. And sometimes it's that blatant and bold, and sometimes it's not. Sometimes someone says, I got you an interview, and I got you a suit. Shave, get cleaned up Monday morning. And sometimes it's a little tiny sign that maybe you could miss. Why did you go along with that? Why weren't you just naturally defiant and, and like, have an F off attitude. I'm not getting a job. I'm not wearing a suit. I'm not shaving. That was how you were back then. Yeah. Well, it was two things. I really liked that girl and I wanted yeah. to keep seeing her. Got it. And other things that went along with that, but <laughs> right. we'll go into that. And, uh, <laughs> when she said working, uh, for import to me, that meant, that meant freight and that flashed yeah. back to my childhood when I saw those trucks and everything. And now that I, I think about it, I think the universe delivered that to me. 
Of course. I think the universe said all the all your life you wanted to be in this freight and shipping business, but you didn't know how to do it. And it just so happens here's the person that can deliver it to you. Yeah. So let's fast forward. The last episode, last March of 2021, we talked about we talked about a lot of stuff. How parents are a little overbearing on their kids and trying to live vicariously through them. And you got and, and like when I left our family business, your business, mm-hmm. you had said, like, son, look, you're not gonna hurt my feelings. This is this is I, I was just listening to that episode before you and I got on. And what you said, and I remember this obviously in in first person, yet it was cool to hear it on the episode. You said, Look, man, this is my journey. You're not gonna hurt my feelings. Like, I love having you here, but this is my journey. And I don't expect you to make this your journey too, unless you really want to. And if you ever decide that it's not your journey, then I I empower you and support you to go on and seek your own path. So that's kind of like where we where we left the last episode off. And if you haven't heard that one, it's from March of 2021. It's really good. It's called Make Fear Your Tailwind. And it's a, it's a great episode. Where we really left off in your story was like, here you go. Here you go. Here you go. You know, the Quitters Club stuff that Aaron and I have built is for not only quitting your job, it's for quitting any of the stuff in your life that just doesn't add up. It doesn't serve you anymore. It doesn't get you to your goals. It doesn't get you to the results that you want. It's like we help you quit living the life you thought would make you happy and start living the one that will. And, you know, high level entrepreneurs, high level uh, job, job owners, they'll know or, or employees when you, you work and grind and work and grind and hustle and you get to this spot. And, and, you know, this was me in real estate sales when my, my bank account was stacked and I'm like, I can't, I couldn't be more miserable. Like my bank account's full. And I thought that, I thought that it would make me happy. And it didn't, it made me more miserable because I had kept having to get up Monday morning and get up at the end of the month and get up at the beginning of the month and crank this plate and get the plate spinning again. And so what we're going to talk about today is how did you quit your job? Right. I want to be really specific in that. What were you thinking? What were you feeling? What were the, t- the steps and tactics that you took to quit the job to instill confidence in yourself to actually start your own business. Cause there are a lot of guys watching that they're still afraid to do that. They might be making half a million bucks a year at a job, yet they know that they're not fulfilled and they don't want to have that kind of regret anymore. And so you're the perfect person in my life. Who's motivated me to always be a business owner, even though <laughs> we did, we did tell that story in the last episode where I, I got the application from Wegmans to stock bananas. And, <laughs> I'll uh, remember that. Yeah. You know, like, 60 grand a year or something no no it was like thirty-eight thousand a year oh was it okay yeah um banana stocker that's a good one i i just didn't but you would have been good at it i mean i i know i would have put my ass into it here's the thing though let's just let's just point out that at that point i was very confident in the shipping business and one of the things that i knew was that i wasn't going back to any other shipping companies that wasn't yours. And so my expertise that I had just, you know, spent a lifetime building, I didn't have anywhere to use it. So now I'm out on my ass self-imposed without what I felt was marketable skills, even though that's bullshit. I had tons of sales skills and negotiation and contracts and all that. Um, 
I just, what I really was lacking was the confidence in me. And so one of the biggest things that I want to know from you, and I really want the audience to know is when you left that job, how did you maintain or build or have confidence in yourself to keep going? Because I mean, I was scared. I was terrified, even though I had you to lean on and I had Mare's confidence to lean on. Uh, there was many days I didn't think I could get out of bed. The, the sheets felt like concrete. And I know, I know our audience, some people are going to feel the same way. Like the sheets mm -hmm. were concrete. I couldn't get out of bed. My anxiety was just pounding. So mm -hmm. how did you, how did you have confidence? how did you maintain that? how did you build it? How did you have it? So <clears throat> what motive, what really motivates you? What motivates you to, <clears throat> to, I, I, I say, take, such drastic measures to leave the security of a paycheck and your family uh, depending on you, what motivates you to do this? I used to listen to Tony Robbins tapes a lot. And one thing I heard from him that, that stuck in my head was if you really want to do something, feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah, I've seen that one. I used to I listen to those tapes with you, by the way, in the car. Oh, okay. So you probably heard that tape. <clears throat> but I knew that I could do it. I knew that I had the, the expertise. I knew that I had... Um, well, I had the fear, but it, I had that burning desire to at least try it. Uh, and I, I, I didn't want to be the I didn't want to be the guy that that on my deathbed said I should have, I would have, I could have. I didn't want to go to my grave saying I never tried it. I knew there was a chance for failure. Anything, anytime you go into this small business, there's always that chance for failure. But you know what? I took that out of my mind. I said to myself, I'm not, I'm never going to fail because fail's not in my vocabulary. This is going to be an experience for me. And I know I can do it. And I want to prove to myself and my family that I can do it. But some people aren't cut out for this. You have to have that burning desire to trudge forward because it's like a roller coaster. And you already know that you're in business. Yeah. It's, it's never the same. The next day may be totally different. You're going to go through ups and downs. You're going to go through all kinds of things. But I wanted to do it. I didn't have the money to do it. Um, but I still had the desire to do it. And I had such a desire that I said, I'll figure out a way to do this. And of course I told your mother I was going to do it. And she, I guess <laughs> there was some support there, but there was a lot of fear there too. Sure. Uh, but I went ahead and did it anyway. And, uh, well, I, it took a while because 
you put together a business plan and you go into the bank and you go, okay, I need, I need $50,000. I'm going to start this business. And the bank looks at you like, are you kidding? <laughs> you just bought a house. Your wife just got out of the hospital and you want to start a business and you got a four-year-old child. You just moved. And all the banks that I went to said, uh, well, our policy is we'd like to see you in business for a year and then we might consider giving you some money. I said, well, how am I going to start a business if you're not going to give me any money? So then I figured out a way to work around that. <clears throat> I got myself a bunch of uh, guys together. Well, let me, let me ask you something real quick before we talk about partnerships and raising capital. So for, for people listening what we want to do today is we want to dispel some myths, right? Some limiting belief myths from some of the people listening who are like, yeah, well, that was you, Glenn. And Ian, of course, that was you because your dad taught you and gave you a leg up. Okay, whatever you want to believe. Let's reiterate what your situation was. Your situation was you just bought a, a, a new house. Correct. In, uh, and it was probably a stretch, right? Financially. I, tri uh, I tripled my monthly mortgage payment. Tripled your monthly mortgage. So yeah. audience, take note of this. Tripled the monthly mortgage. Um, my mom, your wife, is in a body cast, right? So right. she's not working. In our living room. In a, in right. a she's she's laying like, if you ever see the movie Grown Ups, like uh, the guy at the end when he zip lines and breaks himself up, he looks like a goalpost, her, except her arms are down. Yeah. That's going on. There's not, a, there's not another $200,000 income that's supporting the whole household. No. And then I'm four years old. Right. And we're, we're all in a new place. And you decide this is the right time. Have to do it. So for those of you that are listening who think, man, the odds are stacked against me, just listen to those odds. There is no safety net. There is no big fat bank account. There's no trust no. fund. There's no additional no. income source. No, there's, no there's just. There's nobody. No. There's, no. Just, there's just whatever is left in the bank account which wasn't a lot of money. I think we had maybe $2,500 left after we bought this house. Jeez. And, um, which by the way, 1980, 1987. Yeah. And your interest rate was like 15%, right? Yeah. It was pretty high. Yeah. And I'm you painting this up, picture. You had to come up yeah. with, uh, I think it was through Maryland national bank and, um, we initially, they initially said, you only have to come up with 5,000. And then they called and said, you know what? Let's make out 11,000. You got to come with $11,000. <laughs> you want this. So, but, but, but we made it work. So I'm painting that picture. All of those odds. Yeah. All right. If you're a betting yeah. person, you're going to go, mm -hmm. the odds are I'm betting on this guy not going to make it. Yeah. Yeah. But. I kept driving forward. I'm not looking back. I'm not looking back. I'm driving forward. What gave you the confidence in you though? And I, and again, I know this answer. I just want the audience to know there's somebody who needs to hear this. There's somebody who wants to quit their job that pays real, 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 real well. Cause your job paid really well at that customs brokerage. Your job paid really well. You had a travel expense account. You, you were traveling all over the place. Now let's talk about, the why. Let's talk about the why. Why well, did you decide to take this risk? 
1987, I had unlimited travel, unlimited credit card, and a salary of $100,000 a year. Now, most people would go, oh, man, that's warm and fuzzy. Why would you do something like that? But <clears throat> I saw what I did for this particular company that I was working for. I saw the amount of money that I was able to make for them, which I wasn't getting anything back from that. Sure. I saw the opportunity in the marketplace a little bit of a niche where I could squeak in about the size of a dime and start this business. What was the opportunity? What was that little niche? Here's the little niche. Um, down at the airport, this is all before technology, no cell phones, elect, well, wait, electric typewriter, typewriter, no cell phones. Um, no technology in this business at all. Everything was typed by hand. So what I thought I could do was squeeze in doing air freight shipments for all my competitors because they were all downtown and uh, they had to use couriers to curry their paperwork out to the airport back and forth. And I thought if I could squeeze in at least <clears throat> make some money with the competitors and then I could build from there because I knew they would eventually I'd have to dump them. I saw that niche in the market. I didn't see anybody, uh, anybody uh, capitalizing on that. I knew it wasn't a lot of money, but I knew that that was the opening that I could, I could get in. And that's what I sold. And I sold that to the guys that only did the ocean freight and had no interest at all in doing air freight. And I had that experience. Yeah. And they bought it. They bought it. It's interesting. They each put $5,000 in. Uh, five Your partners. Partners. Your partners. Five partners. That's where I got the money, the seed money to start this thing. It's interesting. So somebody, obviously, you know, you want to find somebody that believes in you and somehow find something that the market's missing. I think today with technology, it's, it's kind of scary or weird or, or difficult to find what the market's missing. However, it's still there. It's still there. You just have to look maybe matter. harder. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. You just have to look harder. Yeah. So then there's like here here's the interesting thing i i think um and we talked about this in the last episode as well people want certainty right i read this article that said america's number one and number two addictions heroin and a monthly paycheck the number one and number two addictions right how do you maintain your momentum day after day, week after week, month after month, when the stuff is just, it takes time. Like you, you were at my house out in LA a couple of weeks ago. No shit. Like last week. And I said to you, like, I I've been building this for two years, funding this for two years. Aaron and I joined forces last summer. We've been funding and building this for the last year. 
it is, it's the slowest business I've ever had, I've ever built. However, it's successful by anybody's standards. However, to our standards, it's, it's just not there yet. Aaron and I have to figure out all these little tiny things. And we just, it just takes time to figure those out. It Mm -hmm. takes time to test. It takes time to do this, this, and this. How do you maintain that confidence and keep going when you wake up after four months and you're like, damn, I haven't made any money. I don't know what to do. You mean, uh, how do you maintain confidence when the first year you made $19,000? Right. Yes. I was going to say like the first year you made made. 19,000 bucks. Yeah. I went from a hundred thousand dollar salary. Yep. Unlimited expense account. Everything being done for me to cleaning the toilets and everything else for 19 grand a year and working, I don't know, 18 hours a day, five, six days a week. But that is the part that separates you from the true entrepreneur and the guy that is quitting his job his paycheck job, thinking that it's going to be the same. Like grass is greener? It's not going to be the same, and it never will be the same. Yeah, That's the true entrepreneur. You dream it, you follow your dream. No matter what happens, you follow your dream. Yeah. And we all want things to happen like right away. We want instant gratification. You don't get that when you're building a business from scratch. You won't get that. You'll get things where, hey, that worked really great. Oh, man, I'm, I'm on the right track. And the next day, something else. And you're like, what happened? And then you've got you, to shift gears and you've you, you got to go in a different direction and make it work. And you have to really continue to believe in yourself and the dream that you have. Um, yeah. And I, and I think we talked about this before, Ian. It takes a lot of patience. You have to slow yeah. yourself down and you have to like look at everything. Sometimes the best answer to something is not an answer at all. Sometimes it just works out for itself. Now, I believe that if I could make $19,000 for the first year, and also I was, I was on a bet. I don't know if I told you that. All yeah. of my competitors at the airport, when I, when I opened the International, bet that I would, I would, I would not make it 90 days. Hmm. And that motivated me. And I said, shit, yeah. I'll make it 91 days. Right, right, right. One way past that, it's 25 years later or something, and all those competitors are gone. And I was still there uh, doing what I was doing and uh, doing pretty, you know, doing pretty well with it. Um, I can't tell you that there were times when I questioned myself, like we all do. (laughs) Was this the right right thing? What the hell am I doing? I can't tell you that, uh, you know, going down the beltway, I pulled alongside the road and cried and said, shit, I'm not getting a check this week. Right. I can't tell you that because it, it, it's all, that, that was all true. 
<clears throat> but the satisfaction doesn't come from the money. When you're a true entrepreneur and you have that, you, you have that drive, it doesn't come from the money. The money is symbolic of what you are doing. The satisfaction comes from the growth of, uh, of your, your ideas and your thoughts about what it could be and how you want to, how you get there. That's the motivation. Money is secondary. I mean, I was making that I was making that hundred thousand dollars a year and unlimited expense account, but I wasn't happy. I had money in the bank, but I wasn't happy. I just I wasn't happy. I, I I think I just I needed to break away and I needed to chart my own path and and do what I had dreamed about when when I was like uh, six years old. That I wanted to do start my own business and everybody I told that to, they were like, Oh yeah, sure. Right. But all these people are, <laughs> were working for a paycheck. And if you work for a paycheck, you don't really, you, you, you don't really understand that. No, there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. We're not saying there is just saying yeah. if you're, if you're, if you're destined and in, 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 on the trajectory to entrepreneurhood or, you know, self-employment, you're going to have to face things that, not, that, that, that uh, employed people don't. No, nah, right. Period. Right. Like you're gonna and, and really, what's interesting is you're gonna have to face them within you. I was um, what I was thinking about when you were talking about practicing patience is like you know I've called you for advice over the over the years and just said I I don't I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Like what? Why am I even doing this? What What am I doing here? Why Why am I running this? Is this the right way? Is this how it should be? Is this how it should go? I don't know what's right or wrong. And the answer is you got to find out. You got to go for it and find out. And I'm not talking about take a hundred grand and bet it on red. You know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about no, no. understanding your business model, understanding the opportunities in the market, understanding the opportunities that you see to like space yourself in somewhere. And then to a place where you just keep testing and testing and testing and finding Oh, okay. Somebody paid this for this. Maybe I can raise my prices a little bit. Oh, mm -hmm. someone paid this for this. Maybe I can raise it again. Oh, that's too high. They, they balked on me and I lost that business. Okay. You, you it's almost like a sickness that you got to keep trying and testing and trying and testing and trying and testing, right? Like, like what were, what's your, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Just the, and, and by the way, you're, you're totally correct. Sometimes the best thing to do is nothing at all. The answer is there. Mm -hmm. We go, we go over this a lot in our coaching business with our clients. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're so heavily distracted and in avoidance of the fear and the pain that's coming at you or that you're experiencing mm -hmm. that you can't see the answer right in front of you. Mm -hmm. So if you slowed down, which probably the best advice I've ever gotten from you and some other coaches of mine is slow down, dude, the faster you run, like, I don't know what you're running towards so fast. And I don't know what you're running from so fast. If we can figure out what you're running from so fast. Then we can figure out why you're running so fast and hard toward this thing. And I want to talk about that in a second, but I want to get your opinion on testing and testing. And how do you know when to course correct? How do you know when to say, you know what, this isn't it, or is it just a trial and error and you really just don't know at all? 
Well, sometimes you do and sometimes you don't. A lot of it is trial and error. A lot of it is trying to find that little opening in the marketplace. Um, and a lot of it is uh, just pure, pure universe delivering what it's supposed to be delivering to you, if that makes any sense yeah. to any of you. Sure. And, you know, a lot of times I would, I'd try things and go, oh, geez, why did I do that? Now I just lost $10,000. Right. But it's not a failure. I know that's not working. So now I've got to tweak something along the way to make that work. And, then, and there were some times where I just sat back and said, I don't know the answer, but I know the answer is going to come. I got to yeah. just slow it down here. I know the yeah. answer is going to come. I know the answer is there, but I don't know the answer right now, but I need to just slow it down. So, you know, what's interesting is when you say like, damn, that cost me 10 grand. Whoop, that wasn't it. No. There's a lot of people that they, they can't stomach that kind of, that kind of hit. And I, I, it brings up something that I want to call attention to for those of you listening, another part of the, of the, you know, 10 step method or the five step method, whatever you want to take out of this conversation, we're going to talk about probably 10 of those. One of them is you got to have somebody that you can ask questions of who's been farther along than you. I was very fortunate that I had you and your own entrepreneurial journey of success and failure. And, you know, and then in my real estate career, I learned the value of coaching. And so having somebody that I can call and say, Hey, uh, I just tried this and it cost me 25 grand and the money's gone and I got nothing out of it. When you talk to the right person, right. Who has a mindset of abundance, they'll go, that's sick, man. What'd you learn? Mm -hmm. And then you figure it out. You know what? That was actually a good thing. Like you were talking about, it's all part mm -hmm. of the process. It's an experience. No, it's not a good or bad thing. It's, no. it's an experience. And it's not failure. Okay. Right. You got to get that, that, that failure thing out of your mind. It's not failure because you're on a journey. You're on this journey of building this business and it's a give and take kind of thing. And yeah, when you make the mistakes, it's a learning process. Sometimes it does hurt the wallet, but yeah. you've learned something from that and you can move on from that. And you, you have to, train yourself your mind and not to dwell too much in the past oh yeah. you know and you sit there and go oh my god we're going upside down on that you can't do any of that you just have to move forward and find other ways to make things work yeah what about who were your mentors back then? Were you able to talk with anybody who was in the business? Were you able to get coach? I mean, you didn't have any money. So like you weren't paying for a coach. What, what were you doing to, to like, to, were you talking to your dad? Well, your dad was, he, he, he was only alive for two years with, with, by the time you started the business. Right. So yeah. who were you talking to? And by the way, if you want to get deep for a second, how I can't imagine not having you to call as a young entrepreneur to say, dad, I don't know what to do. I just, I only made, you know, like my first couple of months in real estate, I made like 300 bucks and you're like, we'll see if you can make a thousand bucks. And I just want to bring that up to people again, because what you said was, man, if I figured out how to make 19,000, mm -hmm. I could probably figure out how to make 50,000 mm -hmm. or 25,000. Mm -hmm. And that was what you said to me is like, Hey man, you made 300 bucks. It's great. Mm -hmm. Can you make a yeah. thousand? 
And then when I hit a thousand, my goal was, can I make 2000? And then it was 3000. Then I was like, holy shit, I'm going to, I'm going to go for 5,000. The small incremental lead measures that go Mm -hmm. up to the lag measure. But who, who were you talking to? Who were you uh, getting advice from back then? Well, uh, the one partner uh, who had been in business for a long time, Don. Oh, Don. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> Anchor International, he was, uh, he'd been through the war for sure. Yeah. He'd been through the war. And I used to knock a lot of things off of him. And, hmm. uh, you know, he'd give me some really, uh, really good advice. Or he would go, I don't know, what do you think? I'm like, well, I'm asking you. He goes, well, you think it through. What do you think? What do you, how, how are you going to work it? I'm not sitting in your chair. You're the guy that took it over down there. You tell me what. You tell me, and I'll, I'll tell you if I think it's a good idea or not. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, the same thing. It's like the first year I made the $19,000, and I said, you know, to Don, I said, he goes, well, you made nineteen grand, and you paid the rent. You're not, you didn't get evicted. That's right. a good year. And uh, I said, all right, well, I think next year maybe I can double that. He goes, I think you can. And that was uh, really some really nice support for me. To I agree, to have that support and have this guy believe in me um, enough to give me money and to to encourage me to go further. Yeah. So did you, I I think your mentors don't necessarily have to have to cost you a lot of money, but you got to find the right mentors. That's the thing. Yeah. And, and again, I, I reiterate this all the time in our, in our coaching business and our, in our events and our retreats, when you're modeling after somebody, in my opinion, we don't want to model after what someone has or how much money they have or, or what they do. We want to model after first who somebody is because who they are is a massive weight on what kind of advice they give you. If they have an agenda, if they're trying to pitch you on something, if they're trying to get you to, you know, who knows what their agenda is. So just think about that. You, you want to model after who somebody is because there's, there's a lot of guys that, that have businesses that I'd like to have in terms of revenue production. There's guys that, um, you know, coaches out there that I, I, I had looked up to in the past that I found out their real personal story and found, you know what, their audio is not matching their video. I'm out. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to be one of those coaches that told you a bunch of shit and then didn't follow up myself. I, I, I really mm-hmm. take this game very seriously. I, I, I want, I want my effectiveness as a coach is really, the only measure you have of success as a coach is your effectiveness to coach somebody else and to have them or empower them to do the work. And it's also your effectiveness of your programs and your curriculum and that kind of thing. So I, I just wanted to be the highest level that I could be. So I wanted to model after people that were very genuine, very authentic. And by the way, I cut so many of those old mentors and coaches out of my life who, whose audio didn't match the video. I cut them out. I just had to, I didn't have room in my mind for those kind of people knowing where I was going with this business and how important it was as a, as a life's work, as a life's mission and, and, and life's purpose. So I, did you get angry that you, um, did you get angry or, um, I don't know the right word. I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm blanking on it. Were you, were you okay that you couldn't talk to your dad about it? 
I mean, did you just accept that or were you angry about that? Like, what was your, what were your thoughts on that? Oh, no, I did talk to my dad about it uh, quite a few times. No, but, I mean, yeah. after, I mean, he, he passed away two years into yeah. your business. Like, well, was that a hard thing? Was, and just in terms of not being hard. your dad, but in terms of somebody you trusted. Yeah, that was hard. That was hard. Yeah. Yeah, it only been a business. A couple of years? Died in 89. Yeah, yeah a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, but he, you know, I got, we come from a family of entrepreneurs. Right. My father had his business. My uncles are all entrepreneurs. <clears throat> and my dad, while he was alive, gave me, you know, some pretty good advice. Um, yeah. But it didn't last that long. I mean, he passed away suddenly, uh, you know, when I was under this thing for two years. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of wish he would have been around a lot longer. I would have liked him to see him to see how this thing developed because, uh, sure. you know, he was, he was behind me. He didn't have the money to give me, but he was behind me supporting me with this thing. Um, yeah. This dream that I had, but uh, I guess uh, he's, you know, he probably spiritually saw what was happening. Yeah. Watching over you. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Get a little closer to your mic if you can. All right. Yep. Let me bring it here. How's that? So the, like, how are you, what I think about in, in, in Marini's journey as business owners is the provider mentality. And I talk to a lot of men, especially, and there's some women, I'll talk to a lot of men who say to me, like, I want, I want to quit or, or, or by the way, they have a business. And it, and it's and it's and it's breaking even every year, and they don't have the cash flow to pump into it. No banks uh -huh. are lending the money, and uh -huh. they can't walk away from it because they got too much money in it. Right. And, they, and, I, and what what they talk to me about is that provider mentality where they're like, "Man, I just I don't want to step out right now. I I provide for my family at a high level. I'm not willing to take that risk. You know." Then you got the other side, which is, man, I jumped out. I started this business. Like, what were you thinking making $19,000 a year as a provider thinking, man, I, I, God, I, 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 I'm not doing shit for my family financially. Where's that weighing on you? I mean, I know it weighed on me hard, like really hard, just in, in societal programming. It weighed on me hard. Plus actually, to be fair, it, it weighed on me the level at which you were able to provide for the family when the business really got soaring, the lifestyle that you were able to provide us, oh, my. I never thought that I could match that. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's for sure. But that took a while. Well, here's so, the thing, though. <clears throat> that didn't bother me. I said, okay, it's working. Yeah, all right. It's working. We paid the bills barely. The family's eating. We have a roof over our head. Now. Let's see what I can do next year. That motivated me. If I could make yeah. that, if I could make 19 grand from scratch, that's yeah. a startup, right? For whatever reason, the lobbyists always want to do these freaking startups and not buy a into a company, but <laughs> that's okay. <clears throat> it's more of a challenge. And uh, I felt that that I, I could, I could, I was motivated to take it from there and take it to the next level. Yeah. And I didn't think 
for a second that I'm not providing for my family. I'm not doing, you know, what I should be doing. Uh, oh my God, what did I do? I made a big mistake. I didn't, I didn't even think about that. It just didn't how you, on me. How are you dealing with the fear and anxiety? Like what were you doing to, to grow? What personal development, personal growth wise, what were you doing to actually grow yourself? And how are you, how are you not feeling that fear and that anxiety and that worry? Like, how are you not feeling that? How are you keeping that at bay? Well, I, I think I was so focused on, uh, and so motivated, uh, after that first year, uh, that I didn't let fear bother me. Hmm. I was focused on, okay, I did 19. All right. I can, I can double this or triple this this year. Um, it just never crossed my mind that it wasn't going to work. That's how motivated I was and excited about it. And why, uh, why not though? I'm curious about that. Why, why did that never creep into your brain? It was it that it was so transactionally easy. Like I got these clients, they're doing this. I know how to market and get this going. Like, was it that simple in terms of the logistics and transaction or what, what was no. it? No, I got five clients coming out of the gate. First year, I lost three of them. Hmm. And I was down to two. And then that's how, what happened with the 19,000. Cause I was going to, I should have made a lot more than that, but, but you know what I said? Okay, well that one's gone. I'll get another one. Sure. It's just the way I, that's just the way I thought. It just didn't bother me. I was so focused on, I can do this. I can build this business. I can make it work. Uh, I just went straight, straight forward. I never thought that it wasn't going to work. I never thought sure. that. Um, it, there were times where I thought, man, it would have been easier to get a paycheck. Yeah. You yeah. And you got some bad months. You know what you get, right? You got a bad month. You got people working for you. They're all getting paid. You're not getting anything. You're sure. like, you know, you're like, oh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have done this. But then, <laughs> you know, that's, that's a fledging thing. It comes and it goes. Uh, and, and then when you get super months where you're doing really well, you're like, wow, this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. 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 That's but what, what about being um, in business? Yeah. What, what's interesting is I also had that, um, that I, I know I can make this work. Like, I, I know I can make this work. I've got to make this work. However, being honest to the audience, like I also thought to myself, and by the way, audience, for those of you that know our coaching, like, you know, we get real, real, real deep into the programming, the traumas, the bullshit. And so I think that you and I have talked about this before. <clears throat> what I was also processing was, will I ever fill those shoes? Will I ever be good enough? Will I ever reach the heights my dad reached? I think part of my motivation going into the shipping business, a small part, it still was there when I've learned over the years from my own journeys is like, I didn't think that I could actually build a business like you. And so I figured, well, I might as well join him in business. I like it anyway. Right. And I'll make more, I'll make money there. <coughs> has nothing to do with you, by the way, that's my own shit. Yeah. And then when I got out of the shipping business, it was very rough. 
teaching swimming lessons for 10 bucks an hour, getting my real estate license all summer, starting my real estate business in September of 2012. Hair being burned off. And yeah. Hey, do you remember like I was taking odd jobs? People don't think about this. This was only 10 years ago, literally. I know. Like Meredith worked for the place where we got married. And one of the guys like, Hey man, um, we got to make a wine run down to Florida pays, uh, pays 500 bucks. You want to go? And I said, hell yeah, dude. He goes, you got 24 hours. I said, no problem. I'm a road warrior. Let's roll. And we rolled. Yeah. And I was doing odd jobs just to make bucks because I just had this survival mentality. However, you were in survival mode at that time. Oh, in, in my real estate business, at least for the first two years, even though I was very successful out of the gate, I never felt successful. The bank account showed a measure of success. But remember, like you said earlier, that uh, money is only a small measurement of success. If you don't feel it inside, the money's not worth shit because you're still tortured. So I was tortured. I made a hundred. I technically made $212,000 my first year in real estate. Right. The brokerage I worked for took 50% of that. So I made $106,000 my first year in real estate. That's what I didn't do jack shit for me that first year. Now, what they did do and what I have to give credit to is Madison Hildebrand, who was a um, a guy on Million Dollar Listing way back when. He's a, a Malibu, California guy. I, I watched an episode and a YouTube video about him in, in real estate. And he said, the number one thing to success is when you get in the business, get a great mentor. So we're kind of circling back to mentor. So I got a fantastic free mentor mm-hmm. when I joined the business. It was my manager at that Cobalt Banker that I was at. I, I'm telling you, it was, she was really good, Kelly. She was really good. She taught me She taught me fast what to do, what not to do. She taught me all like the pitfalls. She taught me how to just get deals done fast. <clears throat> and did Cobalt Banker deserve it? No. So forget about them. Kelly probably deserved it more than the brokerage. Now, um, well, here's the question. In those first couple years, even though I was making a lot of money, the the fear in me was it's it, like if this away. thing well that, yeah, it's yeah. It, it could all just go away. We, I you know who I programmed for, by from that. Yeah, I know. And right, I'm we're not going to say it. We're still dealing with it. Um, yep. And um and the other thing that I was thinking is well, it, like if I don't make this work, am I, am I letting the family lineage of entrepreneurship down? And, and although that sounds so crazy today, that was what was going through my head every day. I'd come home and I'd go, I I don't, I don't see any way I can build this. Like my dad built his business. How the hell am I going to do that? Mm -hmm. And would go, you, you've never built a business on your own. You helped your dad build a business. You never built one on your own. So you got to try it. You got to trial and error, trial and error. I'm fine. Like we'll, we'll be fine. And here we are 10 years later. And I, and Mary and I were talking about in the car this morning, driving around, like if you take out the money that our partner stole from us a couple of years ago, we still have spent well into the millions mm-hmm. on mistakes and failures and learning and you know, trying this and trying that. And, and that's not, it's not an, it's not an exaggeration. It really is that oh, much. Say, I lost enough money. I probably could have bought a nice yacht. Yeah. A big but, yacht, a really big yacht. But the thing is, if you don't believe in yourself, who's going to believe in you? 
Well, Mayor did Mayor did for a couple of days, a couple of weeks before I actually believed in me. You don't believe in yourself. You don't have the confidence. How are you going to push forward? Sure. You can't. You can't. No, you can't. You have, it was very tough. You have to it was believe in tough. yourself. You have to believe in yeah. yourself. You have no matter what happens. And believe me, they do happen. You still have to believe in yourself. You can't lose confidence. Once you lose confidence in yourself, it's over. Because what happens is all those little gerbils in your head start rolling around and the fear sets in, you're done. Yeah, it'll consume you. It'll absolutely consume you. Oh, I mean, well, let's talk about that for a second. I mean, let's talk about that. We're just in international, you know, it stopped working. We were in that, we were in that, uh, whatever that crash was in 2008 or recession. something. Uh, recession. Recession. Uh, one of the big companies that, that we dealt with, they went out of business. Then a couple more guys went out of business. And, uh, <clears throat> but I still believed in myself that I could do this. Sure. And, you know, well, you know, I mean, uh, I rolled around for a while, uh, back and forth with this thing. And, um, finally got to the point where I got everything, uh, kind of stabilized again, but you know what? I had fun doing that. I learned a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I, I get it. I know. It's, it's, and it's also, Dad, it's also fun to look back. Yeah. It's also fun to look back. <laughs> I learned a lot. And, and what I, what I decided was I'm not going to fight with these. I'm not going to fight with these big boys. I'm yeah. not going to fight over. I'm not going to scratch over, uh, over peanuts with these big guys. My next uh, company, which is the third one now is going to be a, a boutique i'm gonna take the people to get kicked out of the big guys and i'm gonna hold your hand and i'm gonna walk you through everything and i'm gonna take your calls and i'm gonna listen to you cry but i'm gonna make a lot of money on you yeah that's as simple as that and you know what there is that there's the niche there's the niche there's very few people that go, oh, no, that's too high. I'm not going to pay that. If I, if you give them what they want, this like, it's just like, uh, it's just like going to Seven Eleven. You go to Seven Eleven, right? Let's say you, you, you know, you buy a pack of sodas at Seven Eleven or a, or a two liter bottle of soda. You're paying more. Yeah. You know, you could go right down the street to the giant and get it cheaper, but why? Yeah. Because it's it's convenient. Yeah. It's convenience is what it is. Yeah. And <clears throat> again, it goes back to, can I find that niche in between all of these competitors that needs to be served, that's not being served? And if I can get into that little hole the size of a dime, I can make money with this. Yeah. But you got to believe in it, though. You got to believe in it. You got to believe in it in yourself. And you have to keep believing in it, no matter if you get rolled upside down. You have to keep believing yeah. that you can do this. Um, yeah. And if you stop, then it's over. Which, by the way, there's there's the there's like the my experience. Oh, and 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 your business today. 
you are happier in, you make more money in, and you probably work less hours, have a way less stress in Oh yeah, this yeah. third iteration of the business of your yeah. shipping company because you say like what, one thing that you and I agree on when we were working together is we were having so much fun trying new things that we got yeah. overstretched and over leveraged. We went too wide and not no deep enough. No doubt about that. No and, doubt about that. You know, audience, like it's, it's deep, not wide. And we got too wide and we had, man, we had freaking tow trucks, forklifts, huge warehouses, toys. We had trucks and you name it. We had it. Cause we wanted to serve our service, our clients at every turn yet we got too thinned out too wide. And when the economy crashed in 2008, you, you couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't sweep the shit back fast enough. No, couldn't sustain so today. Yeah. It wasn't sustainable. Now today, the third iteration of your business in 35 years, 35 years, dad, not 25, 35 years is the most successful one yet. Why? Because you learned so much shit about everything for yeah. the last 35 years. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing is, Mayor and I ran our real estate business for eight, uh, nine years. And in that nine years, I changed careers, basically, <laughs> because I was running a coaching business within my real estate business. I was coaching right. other agents. I was coaching people on personal development. I was coaching people what I was learning and dealing with on my own and helping myself through. Then I'd coach somebody on that. So I, I then I realized, you know what, this is, I, I thought for a while I was quitting and that's why I stayed in real estate for so much longer. I'm quitting. I'm quitting. I have to stick this out. I have to see this through. I have to see this through. He, however, uh, Meredith said to me one day, she goes, look, when, when you go on a listing appointment and you come home, like you're so miserable because you know, you got to take on another, you know, thing that you don't love. But when you take on a new coaching client, you are so happy. Every, you get on, you get off a coaching call. You're so happy. Why don't yeah, you just motivated. do that? You're motivated. Motivated. Yeah. And not by money, by the way, I'm motivated by like the human connection and what I can create right. for somebody and help somebody with. Right. I, I didn't, wasn't able to do that in real estate. And I also wanted to be more creative in my business. So what I'm telling people out there is even though we're talking about different iterations of our business and how we evolve the iteration of my business, like when COVID hit, Mayor said, I'm cutting your business, your real estate business off website, lead generation, everything gone. Uh, you're going to focus on this podcast and you're going to focus on your personal development and business coaching business. That's it. And that's what we did. Luckily we had COVID to, to kind of shift us. I don't, I, I honestly don't know if I would have been able to pull the trigger that quickly, that abruptly, mm -hmm. especially with a newborn at home. Mm -hmm. Yet I believed in it so much. Like you were talking about, I believed mm -hmm. in myself in it and I believed in a possibility it could create. And I believed in what it could do for the world so much mm -hmm. that I just, I almost blindly just started walking toward the edge of the cliff and said, mm -hmm. if it's meant to kill me, it'll kill me. Yeah. And Lady I just had this faith. Will. Yeah. Lady I just had this faith. Yeah. 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 And it's interesting. It's just interesting being in the position we're in. I mean, talking to you about my, my coaching business today and what it looks like and the amount of people we help and the places we go throughout the country mm -hmm. and soon the world to coach different people and the corporations that hire us and the, 
personal coaches or clients that we have is so freaking cool. Like I wouldn't yeah. trade this for anything. And it's enjoyable. And yeah. And, 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 and by the way, for anybody listening that wants to know, okay, well, how do you, how do you find what you love? It's a, it's a complicated, it's somewhat complicated yet. Let me just give you a couple pieces of advice. Just start writing down what your ideal day looks like. If you look at my journals from 2018, it says Southern California t-shirt jeans. I'm coaching people. I'm hosting a podcast and I'm hanging out with my kid. And I said kid at that point, cause I only had my daughter. Today, I live in Southern California. I host a podcast every day. I coach people every day and I hang out with my kids. So I set that vision. I cast that vision out very clearly. This is what my ideal day is. And then I built a business around my ideal day. Mm -hmm. My life matters before the business. Mm -hmm. Get that real clear. My life matters before the business. So I built a business around the life that I wanted and the business right. supports my life. And so cool. About, right. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. But the people so that people, you and I used to be so many people are, you know, they're just miserable, miserable. Yeah. You know, the alarm clock goes off, they get up, they do whatever they do. They drive to work. They get go through the day. You're going through the motions. Yeah. But that's not really what you want. That's not really you. So somehow you have to figure out a way to get out of that box yeah. and get out of that box and challenge yourself to be what you want to be. And Agreed. I like, I like the, I like the uh, journaling. I like the sit down and, and journal that out every day. And sometimes when I, when I was working for somebody, I would do that journal, like, okay, this is what I did today. And then on, on the left side, I would do that. And then on the right side, I would go, what should I be doing? What should I be doing? What makes me happy? And yeah, it all came down to starting a business. Yeah. The other side never really changed. It was like the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. But the other side was so exciting that I had to do it. It just had to happen. Yeah. Just like, uh, you know, uh, you're moving to California and getting out of the real estate. That's that could all that fear could kill you, man. If you had let it, but yeah, you knew that you could succeed at it no matter yeah. what anybody else told you i know your wife supported you yeah but it's which is you. huge by the way it's huge but it's you yeah. that had to tell yourself you can yeah. do it you know what's interesting is a lot of people that i talk to will say you know, i really want to start a business and i know i could do it i'm a great you know accountant or i'm a great lawyer or i'm a great this or that and I, and I know I could do it. I but. just, I'm not willing to deal with the risks associated. And I'll say, well, what risk is that? And they'll go, well, you know, losing money and this and this. And I go, well, your, your company could go out of business and you could be shit out of luck. Your, your boss could be spending money on hookers and blackjack in Vegas and bankrupt the company. I mean, you never know. Anything. And, and I think what people are saying is 
I don't want to deal with the implications of what failure looks like on the other side, the implications on the other side of failure. If I go into business and I fail, people are going to judge me. I'm going to feel like a loser. What What will will they they think? think? Right. Not you know how much that holds people what, back? Not necessarily what you think. No, no. It's what is everybody else going to think? I'm a loser. <laughs> right, right. I mean, that's a big thing. That sticks yep. in a lot of people's heads. And I've yep. had a couple guys say that to me. Uh, I, I, you know, I wanted to start this little trucking company, but I don't know, man. If it doesn't work out, you know, all my friends are going to go, you're, you know, why do you ever try that? Now look at you. Right. I, so right. what? You got to start over. Start over. No big deal. Yeah. But, but you that, know, that fear, that social fear is a lot that, that keeps people from doing what they really want to do. Yeah. There's, um, there is a probably a good year where Mary and I were ready to move to California. And all we kept thinking is what are our, what are our parents going to think? Um, and I'm just writing that last line down. And, uh, and we kind of held us back. Cause I thought my dad will be totally fine. Your dad will be totally fine. So let's isolate those two. They both will be like, oh, that's great. Awesome. Support you. Love it. It's great. Follow your dream. Like any parent should want their kid to do, right? Sure. Our moms were not going to play that same game. And there's oh, nothing no. wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, Mare and I technically <laughs> were a little fearful of what a move like this would, would bring up in our moms. And the guilt that they would throw potentially or the... Or the up, the, them being upset or them being hurt. And we just didn't want to deal with that. So we kind of held back. So I understand that social fear. And you, you just have to figure out when you're 80, 90, 100 years old, if you get to, the, if you get to that, you know, that, that level, age, like, are you going to sit there and go, fuck, I should have done that. Yeah. I should have done that. I should have yeah. taken a chance, man. I know I could have done it. And now you got to live your life. Not knowing that you're not going to do it and yeah. you're going to die with regrets. Yeah. And, and Mary and I finally said in, in, uh, like in the beginning of 2020, we're like, that's it. We're not going to live with regrets anymore. We're, we're moving June 1st, 2020. We're out. And obviously you know what happened. So <clears throat> yeah. next year comes along and things were still a little wishy. And I said, you know what? Let's, uh, Let's wait till the end of summer. Let's roll out right before Ella starts school. We'll take a road trip. It'll be great. So we set the date. And by the way, that's another piece of advice in the structure of how you do this, how you quit something, how you start something, how you take a chance on yourself is you set a time frame to work within. If you don't do that, then any time is a great time next year, 10 years, 20 years tomorrow. Yet if you set, um, um, within the next 200 days, I will have this done. Then what you can do is you can say there's 200 chances. If I'm going to work one, once a day on this, there's 200 mm-hmm. chances for me to get this right or do this or get it set up or get it planned or, or execute or whatever it might be. So you got to set a time frame to work within. When you do that, you'll be very successful. And guess what? Sometimes yeah. the time frame pushes. That's one thing I did. 
Yeah. I said, time frame. I said, June 1st, 1987, I'm opening that business. June 1st, 1987, that business is going to be open. I had no money. No place to, no place to really, no office, no nothing. No people supporting it. Right. But I put that out there to the universe. And the universe said, great idea. Okay. Great We're going to help yep. you do this. We're going to yeah. help you do it. Yeah. And yeah, I've worked out of my car for two weeks because I couldn't get a place. Nobody would rent to me. <laughs> but that's okay. I thought that was fun. I thought that was yeah, cool. That was okay. I was fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had a bank of pay phones. I used those. That was my my office phones. But it's okay. Yeah. When I look back on it, it was pretty cool. Yeah. I did what I had to do. Here, here's something else I want to share with the audience as we wrap up. You're like, if you think about it, the shit we take for granted today, snow, rain, cold, hot, and Baltimore summers are, are no joke. 90% humidity, 95 degrees out. It sucks. Your skin, your skin sticks to your skin. Mm-hmm. The, the stuff we take for, for granted today is we've got a phone in our pocket. We can sit in, in the comfort of anywhere and make a call. Back then you had to brave the elements, so to speak, and right. use the typewriter in the back of your Mazda 323 right? or your Scirocco. Which one was Scirocco. it? 323. Scirocco. The Scirocco. Mm-hmm. Your Volkswagen Scirocco jump mm-hmm. out to a payphone bank. Mm-hmm. Like you, you want to go take a, uh, you want to go to the bathroom and, uh, and, and the payphone's ringing. You're not, you're not catching that call. Mm-hmm. You don't even know that they called. There's no call waiting. There's no missed call. We, we take that stuff for granted. Now, the reason why I'm saying this is because here's a regret you don't want to live with. Too many people that have decades of experience are not sharing their story. So if you have a parent, grandparent, brother, uncle, sister, whatever it might be, who's got a cool story, you got to get the info from them and just push record on your iPhone and just get the story because there is gold in yeah. their patterns and the shit yeah. that they did failed through. Like I, I, I like doing this because I would do this just with you regardless. I just think between the two of us and the experience that we have now with me being 40 years old, you being 60 nine almost in a couple weeks mm-hmm. holy shit are you really you gonna be 69 in a couple weeks yeah damn how about that well you're i know no. yeah but your son is almost 40 that's I that's know. i think that's the that's the weirder thing it's really funny when people are like do you have kids i'm like yeah i have a son and someone's 40 and they're like what what <laughs> what'd you get what, what'd you have a kid when you were 16 i said no man <laughs> no 30 i've got to be 69 they're like, oh my God. It's so funny. You look well. So the point is go, go, go start a conversation with your parent, your grandparent, your uncle, ask them what they've been through. You will learn from that shit. Like you want a free mentor, go talk to someone that has done what you want to do. Who has taken it, even if they failed, even if they failed in business, you know, and we're always happy to talk about it because we're proud of it. No matter what happens, we're proud that yeah. we broke out of that box right. and did what our dream was and we wanted to do. And we're proud of that. No matter what yeah. happened, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Even if, yeah. you know, your uncle was in business for a year. He, he knows more than the guy that wasn't. Right. He had the courage 
and the fortitude yeah. to break out of that box and do that. And that says a lot. Agreed. Now, I think most of the time, there's a lot of smart people out there I know could do it, could, could really make a business work. But what is it that's holding you back? That's really what you really got to dig down deep to find out what's holding you back. Is it fear of what your neighbors are going to say if it doesn't work? Is it fear that that you're you're going to be living uh, you and your family out of a cardboard box if it doesn't work. What's holding you back? You've got to dig deep and find out what that is. Yeah, agreed. And unless unless you can answer those questions, you're never going to do it. You're going to talk about right. it, but you're not going to do it. This is true. All right, Dad. Been an hour and 12 minutes. Why am I getting feedback from your computer now? It's weird. Anyway, we're wrapping up. We could appreciate another, your time. Uh, we could probably go another top couple hours, but thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, listen, we're going to do this again, like real soon. I think you're going to be out here soon for your birthday, maybe, or next month. We need to do this again real soon because I, I, like once this gets released, it, it's going to get a lot of traction and people want to keep hearing this stuff. And as we get the quitters club stuff rolling and we've got the high level front runner retreats and the high level mental purpose, you know, private masterminds and, the quitters club retreats and the quitters club masterminds and the coaching people want this. They want to quit their job. They want to move on. They don't want to live with regrets anymore. They don't want to talk about one day I'll do this. They mm. want to make one day today. And it's so I think this advice is going to be great for them. It's also about attitude. Yeah. It's also, and how you react to things that happen to you, how you react to things that happen to you. It's, it's about that. That's a big thing. When things happen to you, how do you react to it? And we can talk about that. That's in a whole nother session. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to start with that next time. All right, let's wrap. Um, thanks for being here. Appreciate you and all your, your advice over my, my last 40 years. And thanks and, for having uh, me. Yeah, of course. Of course. And I was live streaming this into the group. So there was a bunch of people listening inside of the mental purpose community and um and and get a lot of good value out of this so thanks for being well, here i appreciate you hopefully somebody goes away with something out of this that's they will. all we can ask for they will yeah we can't force it there's no outcome here it's just two guys talking and i like to share the deeper level stuff because i think it also inspires other people to speak with their parents about things that they've discovered or that they have uh, resentment or regret on or anger or something like that and get that shit cleared. Cause look, you don't, you don't get your parents forever. You know, like you, you only got your mom till you were 11 and yeah. that's like, you, you didn't get much, much time. So yeah. I, I don't want to take that for granted either. So start a business today, spend time with your kids, stop messing around at the office till 10 o'clock. You don't need to be there. Right. Get your ass home and get out with your kids. Cause that season ends too. The season of your parents ends, the season of your kids being young ends, the season where you actually have the energy and the balls to actually step up, step out and get, get that business rolling. That season ends. You want to live with a shit ton of regret? Be my guest. This is not the place for you to hang out. The clock is running on you, whether you know it or not. The clock is ticking. You got it? Yeah. 
you got to strike while the iron is hot, whatever they say. But yeah. the other thing is, I remember when, um, and I'll, I'll only be another second. I remember sure, sure. when um, Ellis was first born, and I said to you, spend all the time you can with your kid because you're going to turn around and they're not going to be kids anymore. It goes yeah. fast. Yeah. It goes yeah. fast. And I can't believe she's six and a half, just about. I know. She's not six and a half yet. She's six and a half next month. <laughs> but hey, listen, for those of you watching on YouTube, look, that's my son sleeping right there, passed out, sacked out. This kid, he's two years old and he spends he spends the majority of the day hanging out with me, watching watching excavators and trucks. And I sit and hang with him. We do a little work. We hang. We watch a little TV. We hang. We take some calls. We do a podcast. All right. Anyway, we got to wrap. This is the longest episode I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, audience. Minutes. Yeah, audience. Okay. Um, thank you for uh, thank you for listening. Hanging in there if you hung in to the end. This is awesome. I hope you really. I know you got something out of it. I don't even hope. I know you got something out of it. Yeah. Thanks for being here. You. We'll, we'll get my dad back on really soon. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye, guys.